Hello and welcome everyone to uh, another edition of the Pensburg Podcast, uh, a summertime edition, uh, pre-NHL draft edition of the Pensburg Podcast. But that doesn't mean, if the Penguins aren't playing, that doesn't mean that there's no news to talk about because of course there is. Jimmy, why don't you let the folks who are listening to this wonderful podcast know what we have in store for them for uh, an abridged yet still informative version of the Pensburg Podcast. Yeah, it's going to be a good one because there's lots of things going on. I think that the Penguins suffered such a devastating blow when they got swept out of the first round of the playoffs that at first everyone was emotional and then kind of emotions have settled down and now they're kind of dealing with the realities of of how they're going to change things, how they're hopefully going to improve their team. And we have Josh Yoey from The Athletic coming up to talk about all the things they're considering, especially since it looks like the option they wanted to consider the most, namely trading Phil Kessel, is basically off the table due to Kessel using his leverage with his new trade clause to block them at every turn. And so they're kind of back to square one. And there's some really interesting names and some things I didn't even consider really as to what directions they they might look now or have to look now in terms of who to flip or who to move around if they're going to be stuck with Phil, for lack of a better word. That is for sure. We are hitting an exciting time on the NHL calendar. After this episode, we will be back in two weeks' time to recap the NHL draft, uh, and we will also be previewing uh, a potential free agency lineup for the Penguins. But as Jim alluded to, we have a fantastic interview with the Athletics' Josh Yowie. You are not going to want to miss this. There are some really juicy nuggets on the futures of Phil Kessel, Oli Mata, Justin Schultz, and even an interesting tidbit regarding head coach Mike Sullivan. So, Jimmy, if you're all set, if you have nothing left to say, we can get straight into the interview with the Athletics' Josh Yowie. Real quick, I forgot to ask Josh who we got, who we had in the Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final, which will be taking place, I guess, tonight when this podcast dropped. He said he thought it would be Boston winning, but hoping for St. Louis, which I think most people probably agree. So I wanted to get that in because I forgot to ask him that pertinent question for current events. So Josh, unfortunately, he thinks Blues or Bruins will win, but wants the Blues, and we'll send it away for all the good Penguin stuff now. All right, like every reasonable sane person outside of the New England area, let's go Blues. And here is our fantastic interview with the Athletics' Josh Yowie. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast. Our first ever recurring and our first ever two-time guest of the Pensburg podcast, he is Josh Yowie from The Athletic. Josh, how are you this evening? Well, Phil Kessel's a two-time Stanley Cup champion, so I guess it's only right that I would be a two-time guest to come speak about him. You know, there are some certain parallels that can be made, you know, when you're trying to balance out two two Stanley Cups versus two appearances on the Pensburg podcast. I, I, I'd say, you know, they, they both carry pretty equal weight. So, again, we're really happy to have you. I don't know about that, but uh, it is always a pleasure to be on. And indeed, it's good to talk hockey in June sometimes. So... Josh, you mentioned it. You had an article published earlier today uh, talking about uh, the most recent development in the Phil Kessel trade saga. Uh, you wrote an article where you had the chance to speak with Penguins general manager Jim Rutherford, and uh, more, more details came out about where Rutherford stands on the potential of a, Phil, of a Phil Kessel trade. So, Josh, let's get right into it. Where does Jim Rutherford currently stand 
on this uh, a potential Phil Kessel trade? Well, um, I can tell you this. Um, I reported a few weeks ago that the Penguins in Minnesota had agreed in principle to a deal and that Phil Kessel had vetoed it because the Wild were not on his list of teams that he could be traded to. And Jim certainly did not deny that. Um, he acknowledged that, indeed, there have been trade talks with Phil Kessel. But at this point in time, uh, he told me that he is operating as though he expects Phil to be on the Penguins when next season begins. And essentially the reason is, as I mentioned, Phil has a no-trade clause. And it's becoming pretty evident to me that the Penguins' preference is to trade him, but that the eight teams on his list that he may be traded to are apparently not real interested in him. And Jim Rutherford even said it. He said Phil has a lot of leverage, and in these situations it usually doesn't work out well for a team if they try to trade such a player. So I, I get the sense that while Jim may want to trade Phil to clear some salary space and because he just feels like changes need to be made, he's a really hard guy to trade. And if they can't do it, then you better repair that relationship with Phil a little bit. And I think that's why Jim has – you know, came out and said, you know, Phil's a great player, and you know we're perfectly happy with him on the team next year if that's what it comes down to, because uh, clearly that's a possibility at this point. Yeah, Josh, and um, also from the Athletic, Craig Custance said a couple of days ago that Arizona was another team in the list, and if it seemed like Pittsburgh and Minnesota wanted Kessel to go there, and he kind of put the brakes on that, it kind of seems like Phil, or maybe you can refute this, Phil, if he had any interest, it might be to go to Arizona. But Craig Custance said that the Arizona Coyotes aren't too interested in bringing him on with his salary and having three years left being older, and that the Penguins want to make a hockey trade because they need to get something back for Phil. But Arizona maybe even wants Pittsburgh to retain money, and they're not interested in really giving anyone away. So do you think that's the case that kind of Arizona's not really all that interested in getting Phil and do you think that he has any interest in being there? I think Phil would like to play there. We all know about his relationship with Rick Tockett and how good it is. And I know Rick Tockett pretty well. I know he would like to have Phil Kessel there. There's not a doubt in my mind about that. He knows how to handle Phil. He knows what Phil can bring to the table. Even though Arizona is kind of a young, growing team, um, I I think Rick Tockett feels like they could use a veteran presence like build a quarterback power play, that he would be a good thing for them. This is strictly a financial thing with Arizona. They're in the middle of an ownership change. They don't really have any money to spend right now. They probably have the least amount of money to spend of any team in the NHL. Um, the Penguins would have to keep an enormous amount of the salary if they were to trade Phil Kessel there, and they just don't want to do that. So it's not that Phil wouldn't be agreeable to it. I think he would. And it's not that they wouldn't necessarily like having him. I just think for financial reasons, uh, it's not really possible. I, I would guess that's the team that Phil Kessel would most like to play for, if not the Penguins. I, I really believe that. But um, at this point in time, it, it looks unlikely that that's going to happen. And, it, you know, there's only so many places the Penguins would be willing to trade him. They're not going to trade him in the division or to, to Tampa or a team that's a contender in the East. And there's only so many teams that he would be willing to go to. And I think the Penguins really thought he would go to Minnesota because he played his college hockey there. He's from nearby Wisconsin. I, I, I think they took a chance and said, you know what, Bill's probably going to give it and agree to this. And he did anything but. 
Yeah, that's very interesting because um, we've, you know, obviously tracked a lot of Phil Kessel trade stuff. And when he was in Toronto, Bob McKenzie got a hold of his eight teams at that time that he could be traded to. And Minnesota mm-hmm. was on the list at that time. So it, it certainly made sense, I think, for the Penguins' perspective, since he was at least open, you know, four years ago to Minnesota to see if he would now. But I guess they're older. And I, I really don't blame Phil because you look at their team. They don't have a lot going on. They're old. And I, if I'm Phil Kessel, I wouldn't want to go to Minnesota either. Do you think that deal is pretty much done in the water now? Like Minnesota, I'm sure they're going to have to move on and finally trade Jason Zucker who they've almost traded a couple times themselves. Do you think at this point there's any possibility at all that there could be a reversal and the Penguins and Wild work something out there? Or do you think that that ship has sailed and everyone's ready to move on? Well, first of all, back to that no trade list. And, you know, I don't know the eight teams on the list, but I have had numerous people tell me in recent days that they believe Kessel has largely stocked that list with teams that he knows don't want him or that he knows the Penguins will not trade him to, because he really wants all the power here. I don't know if that means that Phil Kessel is adamant about staying in Pittsburgh, although I know for a fact he likes it here, and he likes playing with Crosby and Malkin, but he wants all the power. That's very clear, and he's done everything he can to kind of take it away from the Penguins with that list. Um, As for Minnesota, I don't want to say that that trade is dead. Um, I don't think that it is. Uh, I don't think that's his first choice. I know for a fact that Phil's not very impressed with Minnesota's roster and that he's, it's not so much where he lives at this stage. I don't think he wants to play with great players. And I think if you're looking at it from his standpoint, he's got two rings. Now his numbers are getting pretty gaudy career wise. If he puts up two or three more big years, he's got to be in the hall of fame. And I'm sure he's aware of that. And it's a lot easier to do that when you're playing with Crosby and Malkin as opposed to whoever it is the Minnesota Wild might present him with. So I think that was the big issue with Minnesota. However, if we get to Labor Day and Phil's still with the Penguins, you know, it could be that Phil really doesn't want to come back at this point just because why would he if the team's trying to trade you? Um, you know, the coach doesn't always get along with you very well. There's a lot of reasons why he would want to leave, certainly. Um, it could be that he would say, okay, we can revisit this whole Minnesota thing. But maybe they're just not very high on his list. So if they are going to trade him elsewhere, he's going to hold out during the summer and hoping that happens. I think that's a possibility. So I won't say the Minnesota thing is dead, but obviously it's not an ideal situation. Josh, you kind of uh, started to branch off into my next question at the tail end of your response there. You you know, now that we know publicly the the relationship that Kessel has with uh, general manager Jim Rutherford and Mike Sullivan, do you think that there's going to be – uh, maybe a, a sense of resentment from either side or maybe some awkwardness between both parties now that everyone really knows that, you know, this trade was basically, you know, th- this trade was set, you know, it was going to happen until Kessel vetoed it. Is there going to be that that uh, a sense of prevailing awkwardness over this upcoming season if Kessel is still with the Penguins? I have to think that's a distinct possibility. Um, I think Sullivan and Jim Rutherford will do everything in their power to kind of make Phil as comfortable as possible and to make him feel wanted. It would be silly for them to do otherwise. But, yeah, I said the same thing about the Steelers a few months ago. Like, what if they can't find anybody to trade Antonio Brown to and he shows up at training camp on Latrobe at the end of July? What the hell is that going to be like? Uh, It's kind of the same thing with Phil on a smaller scale. 
he knows darn well they're trying to trade him. That that's not a mystery. And for all the, you know, I, I I sometimes pay attention to things on Twitter too much, but I saw people saying, ah, Jim Rutherford put you in your place today. He doesn't want to trade. Nah, Jim's been trying to trade him all you know for the last month. Um, that that's not a secret. He doesn't even deny that. And and there were trade talks last year with Phil, and Phil knows that. So yeah, there's going to be awkwardness for sure. And it puts Mike Sullivan in a heck of a spot. I mean, he's the guy ultimately who is going to be in charge of that locker room and in charge of making sure he's getting the best out of Phil and there's not too much resentment there. So it, it certainly will be a fascinating scene in Cranberry in the second week of September when training camp starts with Phil Kessel still on this roster. For sure, that will be interesting. Yeah, there's just some people out there, no matter what happens, they don't want to believe that anything was happening with, with Phil talks. or And that yeah. just seems really ridiculous because, I mean, of course, like there's a lot going on that just because it doesn't, come to fruition doesn't mean that you know and certainly everything Jim said I'm sure has has pointed to they're making major changes and Phil was always going to be I think at the top of that list right well yeah and I will say this um and I don't mean to rip the fans that keep me in business um you know I, it's a very passionate fan base but I will say the love affair that this fan base has with Phil Kessel is unbelievable like, you cannot say one bad word about him. It's always fascinating to me. And I, I mean, I like, I like Phil well enough that people think the media hates Phil. Like, I don't really have a relationship with him, but I'm kind of amused by him. I, he's not a bad guy. He's certainly fun to watch. But, um, man, everybody loves Phil. You could, I think I could take a shot at Crosby or Malkin, and some people would be okay with it. But if it's Phil, um, nah, nobody wants to acknowledge that the Penguins would actually trade him. But I promise you they would. And listen, look how many teams don't want him. I realize he's a great player and he's going to put up 80 or 90 points every year. But the fact that so many teams don't want him tells you that, you know, he is a very complicated person to deal with. And he's not going to work everywhere. And he does drive coaches absolutely insane. This, this cannot be denied, no matter how great of a player he might be or no matter how much of a lovable anti-hero he might be. He still does drive teams nuts. And he does tend to wear out his welcome. So, man, it's going to be fascinating if he's still here in September. And, you know, I'll take Jim Rutherford at his work. Uh, he said he probably will be now. So I, I don't get the sense that's not truthful. But a couple of weeks ago, I would have told you I was 98% sure he'd be gone this summer. Right. And we'll give you a chance to win some of those fans back because one person you definitely can be a little hard on and, and get some support for is Jack Johnson. And his <laughs> name was included in the um, Minnesota Wild trade talk. So do you think this could be a Matt Hunwick situation where the Penguins look to ship out a defenseman they sign for multiple years and it doesn't really go well the first year on the ice? Is this a situation where you think if they can't get rid of Phil Kessel, which it looks like now, they need to make some changes and make some moves? So do you think Jack Johnson will still be on this team in a couple months? Oh, boy. Um, well, I can tell you they certainly did try to trade him, and he was included, in fact, in the agreement with Minnesota. Uh, for those who don't know, Jason Zucker and Victor Rask were on their way to Pittsburgh for Phil Kessel and Jack Johnson. And yes, Matt Hummock's a very good comparison. A bad free agency signing who didn't really work out. Bad contract. They were able to ship him off to Buffalo last year. Um, I don't think the coaches and general manager dislike Jack Johnson nearly as much as the fan base does. And and I do think Jack played much better in the second half of the season. But I will acknowledge it's a bad, bad contract. And it's a problem. So he might go. He's a very difficult guy to trade. I don't know who would want that contract. 
um, that that's the issue. And when I look at the blue line, you know, there are going to be changes. There's just so much money tied in right now. I thought Eric Goodbranson played really well uh, since being traded from Vancouver. I think he exceeded expectations, but he's still not a $4 million player. So that's an issue. Um, Justin Schultz at five and a half. I asked Jim Rutherford today, you know, Schultz has one year left on his deal. I said, are you going to try to get him signed up this summer long-term? And Jim said, you know, he didn't know. Um, to be determined was how he answered the question. So obviously they're not sure what to do with him. Could he be trade bait this summer? I would think it's possible instead of letting him go for nothing. Wouldn't shock me. Um, and, of course, the name Oli Mata has been very prominent uh, and for, for good reason. They, they will consider moving him. I, I can tell you this. Jim Rutherford would rather trade Jack Johnson as opposed to Oli Mata. He really likes Mata. He'd like to keep him around. He's eight years younger than Jack. That makes sense. Um, of all those guys I mentioned, at least one's going to go, maybe two. It's very clear the blue line's going to look a little different next fall. Yeah, Josh, one of the things that the tone that I got from reading the article earlier was that, you know, Jim Rutherford said that there are going to be changes made, maybe not so much, um, not as big as a massive explosion as, you know, fans maybe were expecting. But is it a foregone conclusion now that, Maybe a guy like Olimata or or a Justin Schultz will be dealt. Do, do you think that you know, as you just ran through the, the 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 members of the blue line there, you know, what is a what kind of trade value does a guy like Olimata have, or a guy like Justin Schultz have for that matter? Is there are there teams around the league that look at maybe those two players or possibly a Marcus Pedersen? and they be, are they attracted to those players because presumably you think if you're going to trade. You know, if you're going to trade a 24-year-old like Olimata, possibly a Marcus Pedersen, you know, those guys seem like they'd be more attractive than just or than Jack Johnson and his contract. So is there value there for, for a couple of those defenders who presumably will be traded to shed some salary? I believe there is, uh, especially in the case of Olimata. You could trade Mata and get something of value in return. I don't know what exactly. Um I don't think Ole's ceiling is now what we thought it was five years ago. I think a lot of us, when we saw him play when he was 18, 19 years old, thought he was going to be an absolute star. And I, I don't think he is that now, and I don't think he will be, partially perhaps because of the health problem he has endured. But you know, he's still a legitimately good top six NHL defenseman with two Stanley Cup rings, who's going to turn 25 in, in August. Uh, you could get something for that. Um, and, and most of the defensemen could be traded. Schultz is the interesting one to me. He's got one year left on his contract, and so that that hurts his value to some extent. But still, a top four uh, defenseman who's right-handed who can run the power play the way that guy can, uh, they could get something for him pretty heavily in return. The problem is if you trade him, well, there's one of your top four defensemen, um, and right-handed guys are really hard to find in that role. So you're hurting yourself in the short term if you trade him, even though you are, you know, saving five and a half million of salary perhaps, and I don't know what you would get in return. But yeah, most of their defensemen can be traded. Johnson's the one who, you know, just on his own, I, I kind of doubt that he can be. I think he needs to be, you know, the throw into a bigger trade where you say, okay, we're trading Kessel or we're trading Hornquist or whoever. Uh, well, you know, we'll take your second best prospect, not your best prospect, but you got to take Jack Johnson. That's, that's the arrangement. Uh, something like that is conceivable. Yeah, I think that's interesting with Schultz, too, because he's been a guy who's really like coming out of being drafted. He didn't sign with 
the ducks and he wanted to, you know, choose his own situation. And I, I think it's good. And the players have that right to really get the most of what's a short career, but he always strikes me as a guy who wants to know his worth and get paid for it. Like everybody does. So I think that's interesting. I never really considered maybe they move on from him. Cause like you said, so many left-handed defensemen playing on the right side this past season was, was problematic, but I, yeah, that would be something to explore. I think for sure. Since like you said, he's a good player. He's a good age. He's, he's got a lot of skills. So I could see how that would be a guy that, that maybe use him to try to upgrade the team. Well, and it's interesting with him because two years ago, um, right after the Penguins won the Cup against Nashville, he, he signed the new three-year contract. And, you know, they wanted to sign him to a five-year deal. And he didn't want anything to do with that because he knew at the end of those three years he'd only be 29 and he could still have one more huge payday with a long-term deal at that point, potentially. So it put them in a tough spot. And I, I'm curious to see just how much he wants. I, I don't know that they can sign him in the long term. It's going to be very difficult. And, and listen, if they can't trade Phil, if they are resigned to the fact that he's going to make it too difficult to trade him, they're going to have to trade a couple of people just to shed salary. And nobody wants to hear that. And unless you want them bringing back the same team they finished the season with. And I don't know why anybody would want that after the way the season ended. Um, and they don't want that. So if Kessel doesn't get traded – you have to look at some people who are making a lot of money, whether it be a Hornquist or a Schultz or Nick Bukestad at $4 million a year. Uh, all of those guys, to me, are at least possibilities to be traded if you really want to make something of a splash this summer and really change things a little bit, which I, I know for a fact they do. So this whole Kessel situation really affects a, a lot of decisions that Jim Rutherford's going to make here in the next few weeks. Josh, one of the last things that we want to talk about here is there was a quote in your article from from Jim Rutherford talking about a potential Mike Sullivan extension. And maybe it was just me. Maybe, you know, maybe we were reading too much into it. But, you know, it it, it seemed like from the tone of Rutherford that, you know, getting a, a Mike Sullivan extension wasn't or doesn't seem like such a high priority. And I think if I'm not mistaken, you know, uh, Rutherford compared Sullivan to the rest of the players in the sense that, you know, he's just like one of the players we have to, you know, w- we'll look at him down the line, look at his value and see if we'll offer him another extension. Did uh, did Rutherford's, you know, tone of that kind of comment, you know, was it as um, as deep as I'm looking into it? Did he seem, you know, noncommittal looking at Mike Sullivan and, and the future he has with the team? He did, and that, boy, of all the things he said to me this morning, that may have been the one that got my attention the most because when Jim Rutherford speaks of Mike Sullivan, um, man, he, he's basically it's like he's speaking about a god. I mean, that that's the, the, the level he has him on. Um, he has told me numerous times he thinks Mike Sullivan is the best hockey coach he's ever been around in his life, and when I asked him the question, I was kind of expecting Rutherford to say, yeah, of course we're going to lock Sully up. He's our guy. And he didn't say that. He, he, he actually compared him to, I just asked him about Justin Schultz and Matt Murray, um, neither of whom he would commit to giving a long-term deal to right at this moment. And he said, yeah, we might do it. We might get around to it, basically, but it's not a priority. That, that surprised me. And what if the Penguins uh, start out 5-10 and 10 next season? Um, is Mike Sullivan in trouble at that point? You know, it it seems crazy to me given the success that he has had as head coach. But if you know your Penguins history, and if you know the way the NHL works, 
Uh, ask Joe Quinville how many cups you can win and still get fired. Um, boy, it's going to get interesting, especially if he hasn't been signed to a new contract. So, yeah, that got my attention a little bit, and I think it just goes to show that unless your name's Sidney Crosby, uh, I don't know that anybody's totally safe with this team right now. Yeah, that really caught me off guard, too, because like you said, he's been so high about Sullivan, and I thought maybe he was just in like draft mode and trade mode and, and hadn't gotten to that point to think about it, but it doesn't take that long. You look at what happened with Barry Trotz and the Capitals, and it turned into a matter of respect, and Trotz felt you know, that the Caps weren't really giving him as much as he deserved and what he had earned, and, and that situation went off the rails pretty quickly. So, yeah, I, I was really stunned about that part. Do you think, because Sullivan is signed through 2019-20, correct, and then he would be open? Yes. Yes, correct. so, uh, yeah, that, I, yeah. I mean, lame duck coaches seem like they don't want to be in that position, and I know the coaching salaries lately have just gone through the roof in the NHL. Well, especially if he's a lame duck coach and they bring back Phil Kessel, who he doesn't exactly see eye-to-eye with. Um, and, frankly, he and Evgeny Malkin don't always see eye-to-eye either, I don't believe, although to a lesser extent. Um, that makes it that much more interesting to me if Kessel's still around and you have this Kessel-Sullivan feud and they thought they were going to trade Phil and they couldn't do it and he's back and now Sullivan's the one who has one year left on his deal and Kessel has three years left on his. Um, yeah, there's there's a little bit of drama there. <clears throat> and not, not a good kind of drama either, if there is one. Um, no, it's it's going to be fascinating and it just goes to show i'm telling you that playoff loss to the islanders changed a lot of things for a lot of people in that organization because if you look at the big picture you know they'd won two cups there was hardly any shame in how they exited the playoffs in 2018 making it to the second round losing in game six to the eventual champions in overtime okay you know you're gonna get mad at them for that hardly but when you get swept by the islanders who by the way weren't that good um that changes things. I think it embarrassed the franchise, and I think it just has ownership on down, all looking for answers. And uh, maybe those answers weren't what we assumed they were for quite some time. So uh, this summer is going to be awfully interesting. And with the draft, a mere 10 days away in Vancouver, um, boy, all eyes are going to be on the Penguins because you know Jim's going to want to do something at the draft. He almost always does. Well, the great thing about the Penguins is they're never boring. So uh, we thank you for your time, Josh. We really appreciate you jumping on with us for a few minutes and becoming our first two-time guest and lots of great nuggets here. So we'll be you know, following you and hopefully reading more about what's going on throughout the summer. All right, guys. Always a pleasure. Take care. That was Josh Yoey from The Athletic. Again, you can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Yoey underscore PGH and make sure to follow all of his offseason news by going to theathletic.com. I'm sure without even looking at their website, I'm sure they're running some sort of subscription promotion where you can get your, your, your first taste of The Athletic. And Josh, if you haven't had some Yoey coverage in a while, I'm sure you can get it at some discounted price. But uh, Jim... After looking, after talking with Josh and 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 looking at the the, the futures of guys like Ole Mata and n- notably Phil Kessel, I, I think it's safe to say that even though the Penguins were swept in four games by the Islanders in the middle of April, I, I think it's fair fair to say that 
there's no shortage of Penguins topics to cover, especially now that the draft is so close away and free agency is coming up. You know, this roster that we all wanted to, you know, we all wanted to see changes to, I think, although Phil Kessel nixed a trade to Minnesota, I think changes are still going to be made to this roster. And, you know, it's this time of year where those changes are going to be made. So there, there's going to be no shortage of excitement for Penguins fans uh, coming up here within the next two to three weeks, that's for sure. Definitely, and I think all eyes, like Josh said, the Friday of the first round of the NHL draft is is when a lot of stuff cracks off as far as trades and teams start getting really active. So you definitely have to circle that date if you're a Penguins fan to tune in for and, and see what might happen. If it could be something that no one's really considering, like a Justin Schultz or Nick Bugstad moving on, or certainly Olimata probably could be a possibility, or... I think everyone's hoping maybe they finally get a, find a way to get out of Jack Johnson. So this is a team that's changed over. We just celebrated the two-year anniversary of the Penguins winning the Cup in Nashville. And I, I think nine players out of the 20 that dressed that night are already gone. And then Matt Cullen's probably going to make 10. And there's going to be more changes even further. So this is definitely hockey. Things change fast. Lots happen. So you got to really expect that the Penguins are going to do everything they can to try to make a run for the next cup. And since they fell flat so much this year, the only thing they can do is try to change as much as they can to get a different result next time. So that's definitely what I'm expecting, especially after hearing all the tidbits Josh had to say and how Rutherford can't move Kessel, but that's not going to stop him from moving a lot of these other guys who might not have the same new trade protection. It's fascinating when, when you look at it in that perspective, you know, as we're, we're celebrating the, the, the two-year anniversary of winning the Stanley Cup in Nashville. And it's crazy a difference 24 months makes on the outlook of a franchise who was at the top of their game two Junes ago, but now is looking to reshape once again. As you said, you know, this is a game that, that moves so quickly. And, you, you know, it's just, it's crazy what time can do and, now, as we as we said, you know, after getting embarrassed in four games by the Islanders, you know, changes are going to be made once again to gear up for what may be uh, one of the final runs of, of the Crosby-Malkin era. So it is definitely going to be a very interesting couple of weeks here heading into July. You are not going to want to miss any of the coverage we will have uh, at Pensburg.com, and we will be recapping everything, like we said at the beginning of the show, we will have a special dedicated episode to uh, post-draft analysis and probably some uh, pre-free agency analysis as well. Some very exciting times for the Penguins and for the rest of the NHL. But for Jim Rixner, I have been Garrett Behanna. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Pensburg Podcast, and we will talk to you very soon.